We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to CFP Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, joined, as always, by Bill Bender, Lead College Football Writer at SportingNews.com. And, uh, Bill, we are coming off uh, a Week 11 that saw a lot of big developments, but first we have to talk about something that's kind of gripping the whole college football world on, on, a, on a sad note. Of course, the, uh, the shooting at the University of Virginia that occurred on Sunday night uh, three Virginia football players died in the shooting. Lavelle Davis Jr., Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry. Uh, two other students are in the hospital right now uh, as a result of the shooting, the on-campus shooting in a parking garage. One is running back uh, Mike Hollins. Uh, the second hospitalized student has not been identified yet. Mike Hollins has uh, undergone surgery, and he uh, was on a ventilator. And he was undergoing a second surgery. We're recording this Tuesday morning. He is undergoing a second surgery uh, Tuesday morning. So, um, you know, it's just a very, very sad situation. Needless to say, it's affected college football all over the country. You know, all kinds of statements coming out from people. And Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated was in Charlottesville yesterday. And he covered the vigil and the memorials and, you know, talked to some people and, did a really good job with it. And, you know, it was just, it's, it's a, it's a reminder, obviously there's <laughs> heck of a lot more to life than college football, but it's also a reminder that there's more to college football than college football, but, but more than the games, more than the, than the, than the between the lines. And, you know, in this case, you know, I guess you can say the, the three families, the three uh, that are going through this, just unbelievable tragedy have more support and, 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 and understanding as they go through this because their sons were involved in college football and, you know, hopefully they can, they can, you know, get a little mm-hmm. comfort from, you know, this, all the support they are getting from the university of Virginia. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, and they'll get it from Virginia Tech, too. I mean, obviously, that was a campus that had a shooting several years ago. Um, and I remember when college football kind of rallied around Virginia Tech as well. And then we get into it's just a reminder to me that as we get into rivalry week, which is coming next week, and you play these games that last 365 days a year that, you know, that sometimes these communities can be there for each other. It's obviously a horrible incident. It's obviously, you know, I can't even imagine being the father of two, you know, and, and just putting yourself in those people's positions and, you know, hopefully, I don't know if they'll play. I mean, that's the other thing. I don't know. There's no plans to cancel as of now. So you would anticipate that if Virginia does play this weekend and it's secondary that they do, that there'll be a pretty emotional moment when they play Coastal Carolina this weekend. Because, I mean, obviously, as a teammate, you're missing three of your guys, five of your guys, and uh, um, can't imagine. So, you know, your heart goes out to all the people at Virginia, the football program, the student body, the coaches, and uh, – yeah, just hopefully we don't have to – I would say hopefully we don't never have to do this again, but, you know, this is part of our country's fabric for better or worse. It's not just – this doesn't just happen in football. It happens all the time. Right. And uh, the Virginia men's basketball team had a home game Monday night that they canceled against Northern Iowa. I would imagine they'll ask the players what they want to do at some point. There's no timeline for a decision – Yet I checked uh, Coastal Carolina's website this morning to see if Jamie Chadwell had any kind of a statement. He's probably waiting to see what happens. You know, they're going to be sympathetic uh, to the situation and and we'll see what happens there. But uh, just wanted to kind of, you know, acknowledge that. And, you know, it's like I said, a reminder that, uh, well, we're all focused on the games and stuff, but, um, you know, there's a lot to college football and, you know, sometimes in, in times of tragedy, it, it can be, it can be a good thing for, uh, for people who are, who are, who need support. Um, so as, uh, we kick off, this is, this is our first of three podcasts, uh, this week, we are going to, uh, go over, uh, the events from last weekend, uh, here in this Tuesday podcast, Wednesday, we will go over the, New rankings from the College Football Rankings Show tonight, which is at halftime of the uh, – not halftime, in between the games of the Champions Classic uh, and college basketball out in Indianapolis. So their their show is not till 9 o'clock tonight, roughly, depending on how long the Kentucky-Michigan State game goes um, on ESPN. And then Thursday's show, we will preview the upcoming weekend, which is going to be a Pac-12 bonanza. 
two huge games in the Pac-12 this weekend. Let's start with the Pac-12 race because there was a couple of big games last weekend uh, in the Pac-12. You know, we look at the race now. UCLA got their second loss. Oregon got their second loss. Two great, exciting games right down the wire, right down the last play, basically. Um, That leaves USC as the only one-loss team still standing. Um, USC, they've been fortunate, right? There's four other good teams in the Pac-12 besides USC, and USC has not played Washington, has not played Oregon, has not played UCLA, and the only good team, supposedly, you know, that they played in the Pac-12 was Utah, and they got beat. So nice scheduling break for the Trojans to miss Oregon and Washington this year, and they've avoided UCLA till this weekend. What do you see out of USC? Should there be some concern now that the, the level of competition is ramping up? Um, no, because it's an opportunity. I mean, I, I have talked this through with you and some others, and I think if USC wins out, I, I think they could take that last playoff spot because they're going to be in the light for the next three weeks. I think it would be enough if they beat UCLA, turn around, beat Notre Dame, and then beat the Utah-Oregon winner, that would be enough to maybe leapfrog USC or uh, Tennessee for the last playoff spot because they will have a conference championship and Tennessee doesn't. And they have Caleb Williams, and he's a Heisman candidate just like Hendon Hooker. The biggest concern I have for USC is they lost Travis Dye, uh, their leading rusher to a gruesome knee injury the other night. And, uh, you know, that means Austin Jones has to step up. You and I have talked about this a lot during the year that we think maybe UCLA might be the better team. And yet – Watching them Saturday night in that late night game, I mean, that that was bad. That was a really bad loss for the the, the and they caught a hot quarterback in Jaden Delora, but it's pretty flagrant loss. And Oregon, same deal. I mean, you and I were talking through that game. Like that turned out to be the best game Saturday, and they found a way to lose a game that they shouldn't have lost. So if you're Oregon and UCLA, you have to get back off the mat after tremendous missed opportunities. So. And I think one of them will, but we can get into that later in the week. But uh, yeah, I, I think USC, it's all right in front of them. They, they, I think they'll be in the playoff if they win out. So they'll jump the Big Ten loser. Mm. It's USC. That's the other part of it they have working in their favor is it's Lincoln Riley. He's the, how many times has he done this out? It's just, it's just doing the same thing he did with the new uniform on. Um, they're a huge brand. It pulls that part of the country in. You but we'll wait and see who loses that Ohio State-Michigan game because if it's Michigan, yeah, USC's non-con schedule's better than Michigan's. Like, the USC's non-con schedule is – and I, I think for those that don't stay up and watch Caleb Williams every week, he's, to me, every bit as good as C.J. Stroud. He is. I mean, and he's every bit as good as Hendon Hooker and he's and every bit as good as Drake May. Like, those should be the four finalists and maybe – they have a fifth. I mean, Blake Corum has a chance too. Those are the five guys right there. And um, now that I say all that, th- their defense is a problem though. And if UCLA sticks with the run with Charbonnet and Robinson, they can win this game this week. Yeah, that's definitely going to be fun. Let's talk for a second on that Washington-Oregon game. I mean, that was just one of the games of the year to me. I thought Washington drives all the way down the the, the Red zone, throws an interception. Oregon takes over their one-yard line, drives all the way down the field, and then they get stopped for the field goal. Bo Nix is hurt. Michael Penix makes one of the great touchdown passes, 60-yard touchdown or whatever it was for a touchdown. Washington takes the lead. And then 
Dan Lanning has his backup quarterback in there, and Dan Lanning turns into a first-year coach. It was first-year coach versus first-year coach. Uh, but Dan Lanning, you know, Bo Nix was ready to go in, wanted to go in on that fourth down. What, you, were you surprised that Lanning didn't call timeout to get Bo Nix back in the game and, and, and try to run something with, with Bo Nix at the controls there? Yeah, I mean, but that's rookie mistake. I mean, that game was over until Bo Nix on that third down on the drive before he gets dinged up or cramp, gets cramp, whatever. And they, that drive had, basically taking the entire fourth quarter off the table and then they give up one it's it's just how quickly these things can happen it's it, you know one deep pass one fumble and all of a sudden Oregon's out of the playoff and it's unfortunate for them yeah like you said game of the year yeah it's right up there with I still Alabama, think Al- Tennessee I mean Alabama I- LSU they were there it, it belongs in that conversation North Carolina App State yep. App State and- scores 40 points in the fourth quarter and loses it is. It's it's definitely top three. And, I mean, I think the only game that I thought was better was Alabama-Tennessee. And it, that's the thing with the Pac-12 is, like, how many people – you and I were sitting there watching it. I don't know how much of the nation was like – I had a buddy text me the next day. He's like, Oregon lost, question mark. And I'm like, you didn't watch? And he's like, right. no. No, yeah, like, he doesn't care. So, um, yeah, but, again, it's Pac-12. This is part of the Pac-12 problem that – not a lot of people are seeing this stuff and they just assume that the football isn't great out there. I don't think the football's elite, but I do think USC's got a chance. And those four teams we mentioned that played and you grew up Utah in it, all solid teams that when you fill out your bull card here in a month or so, they'll probably, if they get a good matchup, all five of those teams could win their bull game. All five of those teams. And then the sixth place team is Oregon State and they gave USC everything they could handle. Right. right? So, that's like yeah. that's the best team in the league USC has played except for Utah and they almost lost that one. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know how USC is going to stack up against UCLA and how they're going to stack up in the Pac-12 championship game. I still I think I have more questions than you do. Um let's return to the Big 10. 2 weeks from Michigan Ohio State. Uh you are in the thick of it living just outside of Columbus, Ohio. Next week, you'll be going to some practices, some media availability. You'll be going to the game the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's a noon game, of course, like it always is. What is the feeling around there? And are people just, you know, counting the days till that kickoff? Oh, it's it's going to be awesome. I mean, you know, obviously, they're, surprisingly, a lot of the talk is, can the loser get in too, which is preemptive mm-hmm. to me. I, I would rather go win the game if I was one of those teams. It, it's going to be awesome. And, and. You know, uh, you and I talked about this. I'm going to write about it next week. This narrative that my my concern for this game is when they ditch divisions, they would have. To, I don't. Here's one thing with this game: there, when they if they move away from divisions, they may have to move this game, like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State did, and that's going to be one of the casualties of it. It's they they. I don't think that more of this game is good for college football or for this conference. Because I, I just can't imagine these two teams going eleven and zero, playing each other, playing an emotional game on campus, and then having to run it back the next week. I just neither side can imagine doing that. Like, and that's what we're going to get into. Is but I think it kind of ropes, ropes into the UCLA USC thing. Once they come into the conference, if you keep the divisions, you can move some teams around. But 
in terms of just this game this year, it doesn't get much better. I mean, they're both probably going to be 11 and 0. One team, it's coming off. It's different from 06 in that Michigan's coming off a win. And Michigan is coming to Ohio State with the best rushing offense. And a very, if you watch Michigan games, they're boring. They're very boring, but they, they, you look up and it's like, oh, they won 34 to three and Nebraska did nothing. Uh, their defense is awesome. Their offense is, is just turn around and run. And then Ohio State, people like to like nitpick them each week. I mean, they're incredible. Their offense is great. Uh, their defense has been better with Jim Knowles. They've got NFL guys all over the field. Marvin Harrison Jr., he could be like a top three pick in a few years. Like he's that kind of receiver that he's actually going to be in that like Calvin Johnson range of a draft pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm ready for it now, but they do have to take care of their business this week. What Michigan, quick note, only team in the nation that has not trailed in the fourth quarter. In fact, they have not trailed in the final 23 minutes of any game this season. Only team to be able to make that claim. Ohio State trailed Penn State in the fourth quarter. Kind of late, eight minutes to go. And then, of course, exploded for about three touchdowns in two minutes and put that one away quickly. What is your point spread for that game? For the Big Ten championship game? Oh, no, uh, for, for the michigan Ohio State. Michigan, Ohio State predict, michigan predict the point spread. What is it? It's at Ohio State. Michigan has, like I said, not really been tested in the fourth quarter yet this year. What no, happens? Uh, I missed what, What's your spread? I whiffed on this last year. I thought it, I remember we played this game with our editor Elliot Pono and Ohio State six and a half. Maybe yeah, Ohio State six and a half. They'll they'll make it a touchdown. Like they'll six. put it on it because Michigan hasn't won there since 2020, 2000. And the last couple times they've played there, 2018 was just an obliteration. So, yeah, I think Ohio State between four – Ohio State will be favored between four and six. I would say six and a half, and it gets bet down to about five-ish, four. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens there. Let's look at the other side of the conference, the Big Ten West. Four-way tie for first place right now, Bill. What is going to happen? Who do you think is going to win? All right, so let's go through the four teams. It's Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota are sitting there at four and three. Purdue, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota. Who is the best team out of those four? And who would uh, would be best? What's best for the Big Ten? What's big for the best Big Ten championship? Uh, to represent the West against whoever wins that Michigan-Ohio State game. Who's going to go is probably Iowa because they control their destiny, and I think they win their last two games. Who's best would be Purdue because at least they would throw it around and put on a little bit of a show against Ohio State and Michigan. Um, Illinois just faded. Minnesota, I, I, none of it's best for the Big Ten. Like <laughs> this, this leads into our last, like my last point. It's like, it's kind of a double-edged sword for the Big Ten is that they can't really do this with Ohio State-Michigan because they have to protect the ratings on that game, which will be the most watched game. It'll be watched. They'll have more viewers than the SEC championship. They, they just, I, I'll put that up 
against anybody. I mean, they'll have more viewers than Georgia beating LSU by three touchdowns um, or two touchdowns. Especially if it's uh, close. Right, but it'll have a significantly more viewers than the Big Ten championship game too, and that's the other problem. Um, so I think the right answer is USC and UCLA when they come in. <laughs> they go to the West. No, they go to the West. You move Purdue to the East with Indiana. So they have their natural, yeah, I think that, that actually checks out. And then UCLA and USC, consistently you get one of them in, in Indianapolis against the Ohio State-Michigan winner. And if they have to realign divisions, great. But I just, I don't know how they're going to do that with 16 teams. That We'll see. Because just putting all 16 teams together, you're creating like, in the spirit of the World Cup, you're creating like a Champions League of like confusing standings to me. Because not everybody's <laughs> going to play everybody. So... They do pool. What do they call them in the World Cup? I don't. Pods? Pools? Pools. pools. Groups, pool groups, groups. Groups. My bad. Group A, Group B, Group C, et cetera. USA yeah, is in Group B, Bill. Group B. Keep, keep group your B. eye on it. They're yes. opening against Wales, correct? Wales, England, and a fourth team that I, I cannot so, recall off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, we're up on our soccer, you can tell. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, we will be, though. Sportingnews.com yeah, is all over all, They've got a ton of coverage coming. We've got really good soccer guys. Um, yes, we do. We Mike DeCourcy's in on that. So anyway, enough soccer for now. Um, yeah, I, I think Iowa-Ohio State is what it's going to end up, and that's not going to be good for the league because Ohio State's going to – what's the spread on that, Bill? I, I get to ask you this time. Well, the first game was 54-10, to 10, so 44 points. I mean, it's not going to be 44, but it's going to be – I'd say 28 and a half. 24. I mean, I, Iowa scored a defensive touchdown in that game, and, and like – Played lights out after several turnovers and still lost by 44. Right. Like right. Ohio State did not play their best game in that game right? and still won by 44. That's the state of Iowa's offense right now. And so, yeah, I would I would bet it's at least 28-point spread, which is just crazy. I don't think it'll be 20. It could be, but it I could would be 24 and a half. Like that's because I think they would give Iowa a little – but they would still lose by that. I'd still take Ohio State. What was the score last year? The Michigan Iowa. Bad. Was, yeah. They at cut. least 28 points, right? I don't think I think the spread was around 17. And so, the final score would be it covered it easily. Exactly. So I it, it is a it's a problem for the conference, but I again I think when USC UCLA come in, they're they're going to reevaluate what they do i i do think they're going to protect ohio state michigan and i am i know you and i have disagreed on it a little bit it's just my feeling is like i was talking to one of my buddies kyle roland he's a fantastic writer at the toledo blade by the way and we were talking through this last night and i said i would be cool with it i was like i want ohio state michigan to not go to the big 10 championship but i would be totally cool with it if they played in the playoff like that's what the 12 team playoff is for. So like if they were on opposite sides of the bracket and they somehow got to the college football playoff championship game or the final four, like Duke and North Carolina, that's, that's fine. I just, I have a hard time with them playing. And I, I'll tell you a story real quick. When they played in o, or 16 and I was there and I was at in the Michigan locker room or the press conference afterward, the one where Jim Harbaugh went like this and said, you know, he was this short. And I caught him the question after, and I asked him something to the effect of, it was probably poorly worded, but um, <laughs> like I said, are, were these the two best teams in the Big Ten, in your opinion? But as in like, are you, do you still deserve a playoff berth? It was something like that. And he just 
kind of shook his head and he said, I have no idea because, and after that game, your, their emotions are, he couldn't even calculate that question. He didn't care because that's the game that matters that game right in front of you and, and all the history behind it. So I want to protect that. And I think next week will be great. So we'll have, trust me, we'll have plenty of coverage of sporting news. I'm already on top of it. Um, by the way, seven times since 2000, seven times, Bill, they would have met if there was no divisions in the Big Ten, they would have played in the Big Ten championship game the following week. So seven wow. out, like about a third of the time. So Every three I, I years. Just, hmm. And that's with Michigan taking a decade off of college football. Like <laughs> So that's what you don't – that's why no. I don't – Yeah, and that's my – yeah, so – Enough of that. We'll have more talk about that next week. I'll, I'll be amped up about it. But um, what's next? What do we yeah. talk about? Yeah, what, we could talk about Michigan Ohio State all day. You're going to get in trouble with that. Quickly, I want to ask you, at what point do we start talking about Jimbo Fisher legitimately being on the hot seat? Because he's avoided all hot seat talk because his, con- his contract seems to be so prohibitive in terms of the buyout, what Texas A&M would owe him. The amount of guaranteed dollars, I've seen it's in the mid-80s, $85 million if they had to fire him right now. And, you know, money is is at some point it's an object to people. Uh, But at this point, I mean, these are the some of the ugly numbers that I've seen on Jimbo Fisher. He's lost nine of his last 11 to FBS opponents. He's four games behind Kevin Sumlin's 58-game record at Texas A&M. Kevin Sumlin, of course, was let go. Texas A&M gained 215 yards against Auburn in its latest loss. Uh, Auburn's defense was ranked 93rd in the country prior to that game, uh, giving up 403 yards a game. uh, Texas A&M barely had half of that. 12 straight games against FBS opponents. They've failed to score 30 points. Only one team in the country is worse than that. It's Stanford. And they will be the first team in 12 years to be ranked preseason top six and have a losing record. 95, 98% of the coaches in the United States had that resume. They would be fired. At what point do we put Jimbo Fisher on the actual hot seat? They can't because of the buyout. Like it's more embarrassing for Texas A&M to fire Jimbo Fisher and, and have this buyout. And I talked to somebody, um, from the night commission yesterday about buyouts um, they've, they've gone up to the point where it's almost irresponsible and there's going to need, if Jimbo Fisher is fired and that buyout comes out, it's going to hurt college football pretty badly. Like, because then the, you're going to be like people saying, how are you giving a coach $80 million to go? What a three and seven, you know, you can't I, – I I don't think they can fire him. I don't think they can justify doing it with that buyout, um, which is going to trigger a large conversation about buyouts in general. I, I do think they need to overhaul their entire offense. And as Andy Staples tweeted yesterday, something to the effect of they need an offensive coordinator that can change that offense and one that Jimbo gives a leash to. Like you – I think Andy's tweet was something to the effect of after two games – you pull play calling, dude. No, let him let it go like for a season. And who that offensive coordinator is, I don't know. You saw Miami, like Josh Gaddis, it didn't work. You know, like it hasn't worked. And he's gone from Broyles assistant to it's it's coordinator. But they do need to <coughs> they need to 
change the way they do that. They need to, um, uh, you know, find and develop a quarterback that is a four or five star guy that, that, you know, like even in the preseason, I wasn't excited about Haynes King and Max Johnson. Okay. They're, they're good. They're decent, but those guys aren't winning a national championship. And, um, you know, the off the field stuff starts to add up too. you know, there was some of that and the, the, you know, you get descent in the locker room. So he's got a long checklist. I just don't think they can do it because it, I, that buyout, I I'm telling you, it will be more embarrassing for the university because that's all we'll talk about. We won't talk about Jimbo Fisher getting fired. We'll talk about him, him walking out the door with, and how many memes, you, you know, all those memes we see, Bill, that's what'll happen. You're right. Very good point. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, at some point, but it, I guess yeah. <laughs> we haven't reached that point yet. Um, one final question. You have any anticipated uh, thoughts on tonight's rankings release top five teams are going to be the same. LSU is going to move to six. Uh, I guess the intrigue is kind of where the PAC 12 teams shake out USC, maybe number seven. Uh, but anything else you're looking for, for tonight? No, I mean, I think that I'll be looking at the basketball game saying, get the basketball game over so we can <laughs> see the rankings. That's what college football writers do. I mean, they're <laughs> like, although they, they're really good basketball games tonight. So yes, they are. So we'll, we'll do that. And Mike will be all over it. And, uh, you know, no, I don't think there'll be too many surprises. I think, you know, and now it's just you know, TCU has earned their four spot. Who do they have in the five spot? Tennessee, LSU. So who's that makes seven? You know, then you, like you said, where is USC seven? Probably. Is, you, you know, the team, I, I will say this. I think North Carolina should be higher than they are despite their bad defense because they only have one loss and they have a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. They can score on anybody. I, I would contend that if they played TCU today, it'd be a 38-35 game mm-hmm. because they can score on anybody. They just can't stop them. So I think North Carolina should be ranked higher with that one loss. Um, but other than that, yeah, we'll be all over it. We're looking forward to it. Very good. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today on our Tuesday podcast. Join us again tomorrow where we break down these uh, the ranking show and see how everything shakes out. And then uh, Thursday podcast, we will look ahead to USC, UCLA, Oregon, Utah, and the rest of what should be a fun weekend here in college football. Thanks for joining, everybody.